Welcome to the Jockey Club, a podcast looking at the movie Let It Ride, one scene at a time. My name is Dan Delgado, and we're at historic Hialeah Park where one man is having the best day of his life. I'm having a good day. So come on in and hang out while we talk about this day and the greatest movie of all time, Let It Ride. Don't worry about that guy at the door. I've got you covered. You can even take my seat to the Jockey Club. Welcome back to the Jockey Club. My name is Dan Delgado, and this week we are doing something different. We have made it 15 episodes and more than 15 scenes into the movie Let It Ride so far, which puts us somewhere around the midpoint of the movie and of this podcast. So to show my appreciation to you, the Let It Ride faithful, I am releasing something that I've had hidden in my vaults for years. One of the first interviews I did was with Jay Cronley back in 2006. Yes, this is the man who wrote the novel Let It Ride was based on and is a constant topic of conversation on this show. This is coming from a program that I was doing in my apartment and airing live only on an internet radio station at the time. Oh, internet radio, where have you gone? You will hear me, along with my ex-co-host and ex-wife, Jessica Pack, nervously interviewing Jay about Let It Ride, as well as his other film adaptations, Funny Farm and Quick Change. So, from all the way back in November 14th, 2006, and airing originally on TalkRadioX.com, here is me, sounding much younger, and Jessica, interviewing the late, great Jay Cronley. How you doing, Jay? It's Dan. How are you? Dan, great. Thanks for calling. It's my pleasure to talk to you guys. Oh, it is my pleasure to have you on the You have no idea how excited I've been to be able to talk to you on the air. It's 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 making my year, I got to tell you. You know, Jessica and I, she called to make sure I was home, and we were talking a minute ago about, uh, about Let It Ride, the movie. And what's, what's really more phenomenal about that, about that movie and book than anything, you guys, is the fact that the book was called Good Vibes, the, the uh, novel, and they changed the name to uh, Let It Ride for the movie with Richard Dreyfuss and uh, Terry Garr and uh, Robbie Coltrane and the rest. And it was a fairly small printing, the original hardback, when it came out. And once that thing was made into a movie, the book has become so valuable it is absolutely terrifying. Somebody then called me the other day from uh, California, and they had found a hardback in good condition. I think the way they rate, you know, the condition of books, good, fair, great. So good was like one level from the best. A hardback copy of uh, Good Vibes in good condition, $1,800. Oh, my God. Jessica, can you, I swear to God. I ha- my ex-wife has two of them. <laughs> Listen, I have one. <laughs> and so, you know, when I, I, you need to put, if you find a hardback, man, get it. That's awesome. Well, you know, before we got you on, Mr. Conley, we were hey. telling the story about how I originally got in contact with you years and years ago. Sure, I remember. 
And I, I was telling them about how it was so awesome because originally you were like, you know what, darling, I'm sorry, but I don't have any more copies, but thanks for thinking of me. And oh, then- and listen, it's the most, it's the most, ama- it's on, if you plug up uh, eBay or Alibri or what, some of those uh, online bookstores, there was a picture and the, the, the cover, Jessica, of the novel is like, <clears throat> excuse me, a cartoon cover. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like a guy grinning with a big horse's head next to him, right? Yep, yep. And so here's this, here's this cover of this comic novel, like on rare book pages with like Italian art <laughs> artifacts from like the year 804. So how does and, it feel? And the copy of that book, I mean, the whole, it's ridiculous. How does that feel to be the author of something that's so valuable? It's, it's, I have one copy. You know, when you do a book, they give you... <laughs> Listen, when you when a book when you do a book and it's published, they give you like twenty copies. And I'd go to a speaking thing, you know, and I'd hand those out like crackers. <laughs> like, really, I mean, I I clearly remember giving a talk and like giving away hardback books like the winos. And, and so now, like, even listen, even the paperback is like four hundred dollars. Yeah, we know, we know, but you know, it was great because I think you were doing some spring cleaning or something. You said, and you said. Hey, Jessica, you know what? I found some copies of the paperback. You want me to send you one? And uh, I send one? Oh, you sure did. Yeah, of course I did. I remember that now. Okay. Did I have it back? Oh, it was awesome. And you know what? You, you did an inscription. And to this day, if you ever, if anybody ever asks Dan what his favorite gift was, that is it. Hands down, no question. It's the best gift that I've ever gotten in my entire life. In all 32 that's, years. That's so sweet. You know, that's a... And you hear you hear about people who write books and they're made into movies, you know, and they bitch and whine and and complain. That there's no complaints, man. They whatever is wrong, whatever is wrong with that movie is wrong with the book because because the woman screenwriter did the book. I mean, it's almost like she got some scissors and cut out the pages because. Because it is, it is almost word for word the book. Well, you know what? That that's a perfect lead in for a question. How was it working with people taking something like like something that you created and turning it into something that everybody was going to see and change it around and do this and do that? How how was that process? It was it was just gives that's a good question. It's uh, it's really odd and weird. And for about the last five or six years, I've been doing screenplays. I haven't written a book in a while. I've been working on screenplays, and I have a whole new respect for bad movies. Because <laughs> I have no—I used to have no tolerance for bad. Listen, it is so hard screenplay. It's the hardest thing I've ever even thought about doing. So there's no such thing as a bad movie. But that's what caused it, Jessica. I mean, Letter Ride was perfect. I mean, it was word for word. But the other ones I've had done, uh, Quick Change with Bill Murray, was. Uh, my book and the first of that bank robbery book is terrific. And then they they went the last of it, you know, it's theirs. They bought it, and so they do whatever they want. And so they, you know, made stuff up. And Funny Farm with Chevy Chase was mine, and uh, they they changed that. And so, you, you know, you when you're when you're fairly close to it, you see why books and not necessarily good books, but books, Jessica and Dan. Don't make good movies, and here's why. You know, when you when you make a movie, they pay these people a fortune, and they're not going to take the camera off of them. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so 
what the charm you have in a book, like where you can write, you can take 40 pages to write about going to the grocery. Every, everything in a screenplay has to, has to mean something. And also the camera is on the star. And so that's, I promise you, that's why, you know, like in quick change when they hired Gina Davis, that character in the book was just kind of like there. But when they pay her X million, let me tell you what, the camera is on her, and they'll think of something for her to say. And so that's why, that's why books go berserk. That's why they go crazy. Wow. So what's, yeah, it like, it, what's it like sitting there and seeing that they've changed things? Well, it, it's – you know, I hate to bitch and gripe because, Dan, it's like selling a car. I mean, that's the way you have – it's like selling anything. If I don't want to sell it. Be quiet and don't sell it. And once I sell it, I have no right to gripe. But it is, it, it's not frustrating. It's just weird because the things they do, I mean, sometimes you think you could do it better. And so that's what I've been trying to do here. Excuse me, the last three or four years writing original screenplays. Oh, my God. Just, it just takes forever. Wow. So you, <laughs> you sit down and write a book, you know, and you can write 10 pages. I mean, like today, I had the best day I've had in like years, and I wrote like, a page. <laughs> so it just, yeah, Danny, you, it, it's frustrating, and so you try to, you know, there comes a time in your life where you want them to do stuff the way you write it, you know? Yeah. And so the only way to get, see, like in Quick Change, they robbed that bank the way I wrote it. But then they, they did whatever they wanted, so. Well, it's just odd. I don't, I'm not complaining. It's just odd. Well, it's you know what here on the Radio Dan show you can go ahead and bitch at whatever you want. That, so. that's yeah, right. well, I mean it is frustrating, and so you know again I just set out to write. I've done three um, original screenplays, and they're about they're getting close to casting one, I think. But I mean it takes you guys. I, I mean wait. with your show and the way you follow stuff. I was watching TV the other night, and it somebody. It wasn't Jessica, it wasn't George Clooney, but it was somebody like that. It was somebody good, you know, uh-huh. somebody really good. And right. he said, he said, I have some time in like the winter of 2009. <laughs> no, I swear to God. And he was serious. <laughs> and so that's the way, you know, you do it and you just put it in a box and mail it and, and some decade they'll do it. So, you know what, let me ask you, how did you get into writing books? Well... It just, it just, you know, I'm. It, it seemed like a natural progression. My father was a sports editor of the newspaper in Oklahoma City, and uh, I worked for a newspaper, did magazine articles, and watch a lot of movies. And you know, you think at some point I can do that. And the whole, listen, it's my belief, you guys, that we're in the throes of a global creative crisis. TV, movies, <clears throat> excuse me, art, ballet. Anything you can think of, music, I don't think it's as, I mean, good now as it has been, and uh, I don't know what's going to be around in five years or four years or 10 years or 20 years, and it's all, it's it's ideas, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's all about ideas, and that's how, I'm a pretty good idea person, and that's how I got, that's how I got into writing books, and I, I, I spend as much time thinking about ideas as I do uh, writing anymore. So, so did you find that uh, writing just kind of came natural? Did you go to school for it? Or? Yeah, I went to University of Oklahoma. And I, I was an English major. And the good thing about being an English major is they make you, you read literature. You read books. <laughs> you know, if, well, you really, if you go to journalism school, you read, like, stuff. 
like we're stuffed textbooks. Uh-huh, uh-huh. In English, you read, and that's the only way to learn how to write. I mean, the only way to learn how to write is to read. There is no other way. I mean, the thought that you could go to, I don't care, the fanciest Northwestern or greatest journalism or, or a lit school in the world, and somebody can teach you how, you know, nobody can teach you how to think. Uh-huh. And the, the idea is what, makes, is what makes it. It's what everything is about the idea. And so that's, um, that's what I do. You know, I, I spend a lot of time. No, whatever we like, you guys, the, the reason why we, you know, the definition of, ori- some, of originality is there's something new in there and creative. And, and if it's a TV commercial or whatever we like, there's, there's some, a new angle to it. So, Well, you know, I find myself just my own personal. Uh-huh. Even when I'm watching like a television commercial, if it's interesting, you nope. you're here to, to, to proclaim the fact that I'll be I'll be like, oh my gosh, that is such a great commercial. Absolutely. Yeah, Jessica, and the reason the reason we like it is there's something original in it. And it doesn't have to be if you're talking about a movie or a book or a newspaper article or a magazine it doesn't have to be a trick ending. It does that's a, just an original element to it. Original setting, original dialogue. I was sitting right before you guys called and oh my God, talking about commercials, there was the, the best, every time I see it, it's some Liberty Mutual or some insurance company, and the guy is at the security pad in his house, the home security thing, right? Uh-huh. Okay. He goes, Dan, and he goes to his wife, he punches in a thing, and it's not right, and he, he goes, he yells to his wife, what's the, what's the code? And she said, we had it changed. And he said, what is it? And she said, our anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? No, I haven't. No. Listen, and the guy stands there at the pad. Listen, frowning for like fifteen seconds, and, he's a, and it's the and he plugs in what he thinks is his anniversary, and the siren goes off. <laughs> it isn't that, and so I mean stuff like that, and you could you know project that into books and movies and You're right. whatever. But I mean, really, the idea is now. I don't know how much you guys watch tv or i mean it's just absolutely god-awful horrific bad it listen it's bad beyond belief this stuff that's on so, so do you and so but you know what that's good for for people in the business because if you've got an idea man they'll pay you yeah right yeah if you and dan listen if you come up with a good idea they'll pay you and you don't even have to write it i was you know you'll sit and watch a tv show and there'll be a credit just at the end of it it'll say Based on an idea by so and so. Oh gosh! I yes, I've seen, seen those credits. Now. Yes, I certainly have. Yes. Yeah, Dan, all the time. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's like a form letter. You know, the name of the, the name of a TV show, a, a list of your characters, a, a summary of like a two or three shows, and then if it's any good, and if it's original, somebody will pay you. <laughs> and it's a, listen. It's the same with movies. Movies are sorry. I mean, it's I mean, it's bad out there. And and the reason why is I don't know. What do you guys say? Why? Listen, what? Here's what maybe. What's changed from when movies were like terrifying? I don't. I don't. I don't know. Well, you know, honestly, like from my point of view, I think it's because everybody in Hollywood has their nephews and their nieces, and they're all writing these crappy screenplays, and they're like, Uncle So and So, can you pay me twenty five thousand dollars and and just do this for me? Like, oh, that's part of it. You're, you you couldn't be more correct. And then you get a movie like Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah, I listen, and I saw. I went last week and saw Running with Scissors. Have you guys seen that yet? Yes, we did see that. Yes, we did. Yeah, it's just, I mean, all right, I guess. 
But I mean, and and all all again, it's just the idea. And if you've got a good idea, they'll pay. And all they do now is make what made money before. You know, that's all they do. Yes, absolutely. So the whole key is just focusing on an idea and spending a lot of time getting your idea right, and that's. You know that's where the that's where the business is now. Yeah, you know, it, it really does seem like there's an absolute lack of ideas, especially over the last few years. Everyone just seems to go back to the well to what yeah, worked it, before, exactly. and it's horrific. Listen, the only thing I can think of the uh, is is computers and iPods and cell phones and Blackberries, and nobody sits and thinks. You're right. Everything I'm serious. Listen, nobody right sits and thinks, and that's the way. Listen, on Quick Change. I thought of a way to rob a bank. I thought of it. And I bet you, I'll bet both of you guys, I sat eight to five a year with a, with a pad and, I, and, I, and my whole goal, it's like inventing, you know, like a mad scientist. You think there's a bank and they've been robbed since the beginning of cave people a million times. <laughs> what one way, one way has it not been done? And by God, after a year... I thought of it. Wow. Yeah, I thought of it. I robbed it. I robbed that bank. I did it. <laughs> and, you know, Spike Lee stole up my idea. Have you seen... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. Inside Man, yeah. That's mine. <laughs> and so, listen, I was sitting at the newspaper, writing a column, and the phone rang, and, the, and some friend of mine said, quick, put on NPR. And I put on NPR, and the guy was interviewing Spike Lee, and he said, uh, listen, that's quick change. You stole that idea. I mean, that... And he goes, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's you know that's how if that's how hard ideas are to find. Now, speaking of quick change, Jay, let me ask you. I, I see that there is a new edition of it that, that was that was printed this year. Yeah, OU Press uh, here in uh, University of Oklahoma Press did a softback of it. See, now that'll knock down the hardback uh, antique value, I guess. <laughs> so I was just wondering, is, is that just going to be for that book, or will all of your other books? Uh, well, there's going to be, some, yeah, they reprint them all of them from time to time. So I wrote some new stuff. We got sued on. Uh, I got sued about. I got sued on that book for like thirty-five million dollars. Jeez. On quick yeah, change. Before they did quick change, I didn't, but uh, my agent did, and there was it went to court in L.A. and and I wrote, I mean about the movie rights to it, and so, <clears throat> excuse me, I did some new stuff on that. So, yeah, it's it's it, it, it's fun, but I mean again, you know, it's no vision in an A-frame in Colorado. It's eight to five work. That won't work. That won't work. And after you go through fifty ideas, <clears throat> you th- and one does, wow. and that's how important ideas are. So, there okay. you have it. That's what I'm doing with these screenplays. I did a murder mystery, same way, sat for a year. Everybody's been killed in every way on the face of the Lord's earth, right? Right. right. Everybody's done it every way. There has to be one way left, and so I, f- I found it. Wow. Jay has found the, the, the last way to kill someone. Exactly. Fantastic. Oh my hey, there's more, but it's work, you know, and everybody's on their computer and nobody sits around and screw. You know, the way you get good is you screw up and, no, you know, if everybody's in such a damn hurry now, it's. You're right. You're right. You know, it, it, it's very funny. You know, everything is so instant. So, in, honey, getting back to your question, Jessica, the, in, in learning, to, the way I got to writing is my father was a writer. And by just being in that household, I read a lot. So, oh. what are some of your favorite books then? Well, 
I read, uh, I read every word Donald Westlake has written. Donald E. Westlake, W-E-S-T-L-A-K-E. He's living in upstate New York, and he is absolutely hilarious and probably as good as anybody. He's been writing, he's probably 70 or so, or in his 70s. He's absolutely great. He wrote, uh, he does books and movies. He's really funny. He wrote Bank Shot and a whole bunch of caper things. And he also did the single scariest movie ever done in the history. And I'm not big on horror. I was in the theater, you guys. Uh-huh. And I, I was watching this movie in a theater. And I screamed and ducked behind the seat. <laughs> Stepfather, have you seen it? <laughs> yes, I've seen the Stepfather. Yes, I and, have. Oh, my God. Terry O'Quinn, yes. Yes. Oh, Terry O'Quinn, who's in Lost. Yes, yes. Say it. And... Whistling, remember he whistled Camp Town, whatever, when he was getting ready to like yes. slice somebody's guts out, <laughs> and that that little kid got onto him. Remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> and that the guy who wrote that, Donald West, like is the sweetest, funniest, kindest man in the world, and and. The other ones, I think there have been like eight of them, haven't there? Yeah, there's, there's been, yeah, there's more than one stuff father running around out there. Absolutely. The first one, yeah. the one with Terry O'Quinn. That's the an one. Absolute masterpiece. So Jessica, I read him, and I also, the, my opinion, the greatest living writer in the world died last year, Evan Hunter. He wrote his first book was Blackboard Jungle, and he wrote probably <gasps> eighty books. Oh my goodness, Blackboard Jungle is probably in my top ten favorite movies. Absolutely, you know that was the first movie where rock and roll was used for the soundtrack. The first movie was rock and roll as a soundtrack. If I recall correctly, I did know that. Bill Haley, Rock Around the Clock. That's Bill Haley in the Comets. When Glenn Ford walks into that mm-hmm. school in New York City, uh, Bill Haley in the Comets are playing Rock Around the Clock, and that's the first rock and roll record. It must have been in, oh my Lord, 50s. Anyway, Evan Hunter, and he, he wrote Mysteries under Ed McBain. Oh, okay. Yes, I definitely. I've actually read a few of uh, Ed McBain books. They're great. Yes, they are. They're great books. So, I mean, if you want to learn how to write, just read those everything those two guys have written, and that's that. <laughs> and then, listen, they've written so many books, you can read them all, and by the time you get back to starting again, I mean, you've forgotten them. So, okay. That is awesome. I have a question for you, Jay. Uh, I know you're you're a big horse racing guy. Yeah. And I noticed that uh, you know, good vibes. Is not only it's about horse racing, but the main character shares the same name that you have. Is that hilarious? Yeah, <laughs> Jay. That's a fr- the guy responsible for getting that movie made <clears throat> was named Ned Dowd, D O W D, and his sister wrote the screenplay. And Ned Dowd, she also wrote Slapshot. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, and Ned was in it. Ned played that horrible guy who who. I can't remember the character's name, but it was all all the time knocking people out with his stick. Anyway, Ned was a friend of mine, and he, yeah, he, I, I met him because he likes horses too. And so, yeah, they, he, he just named that guy. Yeah, he named Richard Godfrey's Jay in that. Wait, you know, they, those horse racing scenes in that movie are the best in the history of horse racing. What they did was, those are real, right? They staged those races. Uh-huh. They bought the horses. At Hialeah, back before Hialeah went under in Miami, and they they bought the horses from like twenty of them for insurance reasons, and they raced them. They they made up those races, and then they sold them back to the owners. But they were fantastic races. So, were you around? Uh, did, were you on set or anything for the making of? One day. Just one day. I got the guy went down one day, and it was 
the guy. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is just shows, you know, this shows the uh, <laughs> prestige that goes with being a book writer, right? All right. They, they had the first meeting at the Doral Country Club in Miami, right? Uh -huh. Big pre-production. The fun thing, you guys, was the night before, Richard Dreyfus and Buster Poindexter, who played Looney, and the whole cast, we all went to a dog track in Miami to get in the right frame of mind, right? Uh -huh. Okay. Is that, Dan, is that a great way to start a movie? Absolutely. We'll drink, go drink beer and bet on dogs. There you go. <laughs> and so listen, we walk in that place, and... and the dog tracks in Miami are privately owned, were, probably still are. <clears throat> and some little old lady owned this place. And obviously having Richard Dreyfus in the, in, the in the building was a big thrill. And so we were sitting there, and she would come over before every race and whisper to him, and whisper to him. And he would get up in bed. And he won, and she was obviously telling him who to bed, which doesn't speak very well for that. Oh my God! I mean, she was no, going, but the only thing I didn't like about him was he hit his he hit it. He didn't tell anybody. Oh, what a bastard! Did not That's what I thought. Every yeah, and he hit it like he needed you know a couple of hundred bucks, <laughs> and he won money and we didn't. <gasps> oh, anyway, I was down there that night, and then the director was a guy who set Michael Jackson's hair on fire. And that, oh, that no commercial. kidding, oh Joe Pitka. Yes, Pitka, and he walked in. And he looked like Conan, the director. He was like 6'9", <laughs> weighed like 400 pounds. And his wife looked like she just came out of a cake at a coach's convention. And he, listen, the craziest people, he came in and he had a real thick European accent. And we were sitting there the night right the day before they were going to shoot. And he said, so he said, I don't want dialogue getting in the way of my movie. And I thought, taxi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I was. I came home. The oh. book writer is going home now. Yes, I did. so that was it, <clears throat> Jessica. One night at the dog track. That's that's funny. And see, as a book writer, you get. I mean, nothing. Yeah. Listen, true story. Last year, I got a postcard in the mail about a year ago, this summer, a postcard from France, and it said, "We made your movie." Period, and there was a signed name to it. <laughs> okay. That's well, it. how's that for royal treatment? <laughs> okay, so, wait, 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 wait. Let me get this straight. So you didn't know that they were adapting one of your books. Yes, the book had been under option, Dan. I promise you, seven years, eight years, every year, renewed. Every year, not a word. The name of the book was Cheap Shot. Every year, every year, renewed, renewed. Postcard, we made your movie. Have you? <laughs> wow. Pretty exciting, huh? That's very exciting. And I wrote the guy back and I said, uh, you know, thanks. Uh, <laughs> can, I, can I see it? <laughs> and so they sent me a tape and it's, uh, it's got a great cast. It's a French movie and the name of the book was Cheap Shot and there's no literal translation. Uh, so they called it Our Friends, The Cops. Like a me, some rather, and it's supposed to be okay. So if you ever see it, well, I mean, isn't there a couple of French movies from your books? Or yeah, they did that one, and then they did the one they did Quick Change. So what's uh, up with the French? They just dig you like uh, Germany digs house off. Yeah, right? they just I don't know. They just do a lot of comedies over there. It's, you're like are you like Jerry Lewis over there? Is that what? Oh, it is? okay, Dan. <laughs> okay, and send my book back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. 
it. So that's it. I mean, that's it. Jerry Lewis and I. That's that's it. <laughs> oh, I guess they just are out of material. I don't know what it is. I mean, that just shows. I mean, that shows where you are as a book writer. Nowhere. Yeah. You know, they were all nice. Everybody's been nice. I got to see him. I got to see Bill Murray. He he was extremely pleasant, and I got to go to New Jersey where they made quick change. And I how was that? Was w- did he hide the uh, hot tips like? Uh... No, he's absolutely the exactly the same way. He's exactly the same person he is on in the movies. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Just as friendly and pleasant and kind of ornery. Just a, just a real nice guy. You know, he's gotten serious. What the hell is that about? Right? Yeah. What did he? What has he been doing? He did. Uh, oh, broken flowers. Oh my God, Dan! What was that? <laughs> How boring was that movie? Yeah. What? What? What in the? Why do these people who are comic? They're geniuses. Yes. Think that they're not. They're not content with being the funniest people on God's earth and do something like that. Wasn't that unbelievable? Uh, I was hoping somebody would like kill him or something. <laughs> just stop that movie. <laughs> he just mopes around for I like two hours. And he moped around two hours. The end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> I mope around here. I go to other states. I mope around there. And then yeah, and it around. started with that. You know, he's done like three or four of those in a row. Well, he used to cut that out. The loss in translation he did. Yeah, and that was kind of mopey. And he did that submarine one was kind of mopey. Oh, that's right. The uh, it started quiet. with that school movie that was kind of serious, which wasn't bad. The school movie. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, with that, yeah. Uh, the name of the school was the movie. Oh, Rushmore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's but, right, that's right, that's right. That was serious. So, anyway, the whole thing is, it's the whole business is crazy. But the common link, you guys, to everything is the idea. So, that's awesome. So, Jay, well, let me ask you a little bit about uh, you and your horse racing uh, prognosticating experiences. Mm-hmm. So, tell me, what is like the best day that you've had at the track? The, uh, I did a piece. Listen, I do a weekly piece on ESPN.com, and then you plug up uh, they, you plug up horse racing in about a month. So, that's a good question. Somebody they hooked an email up to that ESPN column I do. And you, Dan, you cannot believe, you know, if you like, you guys like horses, it, I hear, I hear horse stories that have, they're so funny, you can't even read them. I mean, everybody who has ever been to the racetrack has almost won like a million dollars, right? And these stories, I mean, from New York and Florida, everywhere in England, it's just a riot. Anyway, that's the most asked question. So about a month ago, I did a piece and I think I won. Uh, it was it, at the little teeny tiny, I, I love little teensy tiny racetracks. You probably, you guys probably don't have as many of those little bitty ones in Florida as we do here, you know? Mm-hmm. They're just little white spots in the road. No, we only have huge ones. Yes, yeah, so Gulfstream. And- yeah, and call, you know, Calder, all Calder. that stuff. There's one here called Will Rogers Downs. I swear to God, I could not make that up. I mean, Will Rogers never met a horse he didn't like. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> no, it, it's in by Claremore where he was born. Right, nice racetrack, but it was raining there one day, and uh, a friend and I bet on a, a horse from New Mexico that went off at about 50, 50 to 1, and we won every single, I mean, every penny in the whole entire racetrack. <laughs> no, everything. The, the people, they, they had it to go, like, from there. window to window, yeah. like, shaking change out of the teller's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> we just won everything. It was It was in the rain, 
And so that was probably it. All right. Now, just to, to flip that, what is the worst time that you've ever had? Uh, the worst time at a racetrack? Yes. Well, most any Breeders' Cup. <laughs> that stuff is so hard. <laughs> I went to the first one in Los Angeles uh, 20... Um, Two years ago. You know, that's the day when they do all the championship races. Mm-hmm. And I took my agent, and we <laughs> didn't cash a ticket. Lost. Uh, you know, I was being a big shot, and you guys sit down here, and let me show you how to do it. And we got <laughs> obliterated. Oh, <laughs> no. I wiped off the earth. We lost everything we had and could borrow, had no money for food, and it was like we had to, like, hitchhike home. <laughs> awesome. you, and your, you and your agent had to hitchhike home. Fantastic. Yeah. Listen, one time, Dan, his brother, and I actually took the rent down to the Dania High Life. Yeah, so. yeah. We, were, we were just – we were a little short on the rent, weren't we? we yeah, were like we maybe were like $100. $100 short. Yes. He said, screw it. Let's see if we could go do something with it. Let's go make some – High High yes. Listen, I've got a High Life system. You want to hear it? Yes, yes, please. Are you ready? Yes. I swear to God. I'm, get, I'm getting loses, a pen. Go ahead. Send me 10%, okay? Okay. Doubles, Right. Yes. The fattest guys <laughs> always win. Ninety percent of the time, the fattest team wins. You're kidding. No. So you got to get their weight. Don't ask me why. <laughs> Fat guys kick butt <laughs> at highlight. That's awesome. Yeah, I wish we'd have known that when we had the rent going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Jay. Are those yeah, things yeah. still going good? Uh, you know what? They're getting like slot machines down here, so they're going to be putting them in. Honey, here too. They're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So the Indian the Indian casinos here are absolutely. It's beyond. It's Pottersville. It's beyond anything. It day and night, twenty four hours a day. I, I mean, it's 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 almost tragic, really. Yeah. Yeah. The Indian casinos are really killing off a lot of the paramutuals, and uh, you know th- their slot machines are only coming to Broward County. So you know, Dania Highlight and Gulfstream and. Um, the Hollywood dog track are going to be getting regular slot machines, but everyone else is still going to be languishing. Oh, Dan, you got to have them. You know, you can, they make more off slot machines than anything. I mean, you go to races anymore and there are a few hundred people, but the purses are for 50,000. Nobody there, but the money they're racing for is just gargantuan. Mm -hmm. You know, it's pitiful. It really is. I mean, the gambling, I mean, they cash, they cash like, Welfare checks. I mean, pay, I we have like over a hundred Indian casinos here in Oklahoma. Can you believe that? Oh my gosh! Wow. They're, no, they're everywhere. We've got like five. Yeah, I, I think, think that's yeah, too many. Yeah, there's like five here in the state. Oh, there are a hundred. You could go in at four in the morning, in the middle of nowhere. It's full. Uh, blackjack, uh, slot machines. Wow. Yeah, it's terrifying. Wow. So he has see, see over here in Florida, it's it's so much more restrictive because the it Indian is. the Indian casinos here can only have bingo style slot machines and low stakes poker. So uh, that that higher level of gambling, you know, like blackjack and roulette and craps, that is it's not allowed any, anywhere in the state here. Well, you guys come here with come here with all the religious psychos and just gamble your guts out. <laughs> <laughs> So they're they're everywhere. So let me ask you, Jay. When you go to the track, hmm. how do you know which horses to bet on? Do you, are you just picking, or do you kind of uh, configure things out by taking a are look? You, uh, do you know the handicaps? Dan, you know what we've got at, in here in Tulsa, where I live, we've got the best 
simulcast joint I've ever seen. And you know, on the Dish TVG and all these play, what I do is is I really focus on one track, and I it's to do it well. It's it's kind of self defeating to do to do it well. You have to really pay attention and spend the time. You know, you have to dance, sit there. You have to sit there and you have to watch races and you have to watch and watch and read and pay attention. And it's almost like a part-time job. But if you do it, if you really take it seriously and you know what you're doing, you can make money. And I, I focus on, I focus on, I focus on one, one track at a time. And I can, I can make some money. But I mean, again, it's, it's, it just takes, and it almost gets to the point where it's not enough fun, you know? Gotcha. Well, you know, they say that about any passion, you know, if you turn it into a job, then it'll eventually, you know, it's, it's all work anyway. You know? Yeah, it is. It really is. And, and it's, and you've got to pay attention and you can't miss anything and you've got to really focus. And, uh, a friend and I have been, have been, uh, watch, watching the races here recently at Mountaineer and it's, you know, it's all in West Virginia. And there, it's just like what we said, you know, they, they built it. It's a rat hole. <laughs> I mean, it used to be the worst and they built a casino there now and it's paradise all of a sudden, wherever that place is up in the corner. Wow. And so they have real cheap grass races there. You know, usually turf races are high dollar. Like it's your guys, at you guys track in Florida and they're high dollar races. But in Mountaineer, they have cheap races, cheap climbing races. And if you pay attention, there was one, there was one period of time there where all the, all the horse, the quick horses, the horses that got out of the gate quick, won every race. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you don't have to be too smart. You just have to be there gotcha. and you have to watch what's going on. Uh -huh. And so you have, you know, you, you have no, no social life. <laughs> and, you know, I, I walked in, I walked in one night, Jessica, and, uh, to the simulcast place. <laughs> and the lady said, uh, where's first aid? <laughs> and I said, uh, what? And she said, don't you work here? <laughs> I said, no, lady, God bless. I got to go home. <laughs> oh, I was there so much. She thought I worked there. <laughs> so then are you, do you focus more on like writing about it than, than actually being like a gambler? No, both. Oh, so you're yeah, right about it. No, I'd go, man. We go. Yeah. I went yesterday. Spent all day over there yesterday. <laughs> because, I mean, it, you know, that's the fun thing about everything is so sterile. And the characters, man, horses are the only thing left. It's like, <laughs> no, really, listen, guys and dolls. And, I mean, that's where they are. And it's the people are so much fun. Yeah. It's, you know, you get, you sit at home and get the satellite and do what. It's just not the same. Well, I tell you, we've been down, we've been to the High Lie a few times, mm -hmm. and I, I know it's it's not right horse racetrack, but it's still like the people there. It's, it's the funnest thing in the world. It, yeah, it, it really is. Yes, it, it is. is. And you know, it, it's the people in the cafeteria watching on on the on the the, the televisions. It's the people yelling to the High Lie players, "You bum!" Oh yeah, <laughs> Jessica. Listen, I'll send you guys. I'll send you a, this link. Somebody sent me at the newspaper uh, a story about, about it's it's a it's a it's a club sort. They collect this guy collects racetracks, and some guy you know some people do it. Uh, this one person I knew gave tours of minor league baseball parks. Isn't that fun? I mean, deep South, Double A, Savannah, all over the place, wow. and. 
this person had was putting out information, T-shirts and stuff about all the teeny tiny racetracks in the country. Ah. Oh, it's. I'll send you the link. It yeah. was just. I mean, it's so much, and I kind of collect them too. You know, when I go, when I go somewhere, man, I like to find the the racetrack, and the and the smaller the better. So oh, I'll yeah. send that to you. Yes, yeah, please you do. can't find still. people like that anywhere else in the world, man. They're they're still there. So let me ask you this, Jay. Um, the Kentucky Derby, how come the race is like two and a half minutes, but when I watch it on TV, it takes like two hours to get to it? Yeah, that's, you know what, that's, we were talking about that last week. Horse race coverage is, is kind of like a stencil, you know, it's all the same. And I don't know what anybody, I don't know what anybody could do. It's a little uppity. And it's, you know, rich people and, and sheiks and all that stuff. And the Derby, yeah, it's just, all you know, soap opera actors uh, t- talking about their betting their phone numbers or whatever. But it's, I, they, they need to, yeah, they need to improve probably the coverage a little bit. It's, and, and, how- and, you know, Dan, listen, again, that's what the sports, that's what I love about it, actually, is the fact that it's, you, you have some time to think. But the competition is what you said, you know, slots and dice and yeah. Uh-huh. So this isn't, a, this isn't a society to sit and think anymore. You're right. You're right. Now, for the last three years, uh, anytime the uh, the Triple Crown Racing comes up, what I do is I go to ESPN.com <laughs> and I look for Jay Cronley's column. And I bet on whatever it is you'd say to bet on. Yeah. And sometimes it'd be, Jessica, while you're out. Stop by the the the, the <laughs> Greyhound yes. track. Stop by the ATM machine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Go ahead and and <laughs> <place it. laughs> yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Thanks yeah. a lot for that, Jay. Yeah, that, that, that is that is. I know I've I've corrupted Dan. <laughs> he was uh, at the library before he, before yeah. he, uh, he he and I met, right? <laughs> so far, I'm just pissy because he hasn't won anything. Yes, I, I've yet to win a cent. <laughs> Well, I lose every year. Now listen, we will fix that. Okay. All right. <laughs> what's, what's going on in your state? What's going? What track's going now? Uh, is it is Gulfstream going Gulf right now? Going is it going on now? They revamped it. You should come visit. I heard that's the prettiest place. A lady I know. Who, oh like, holy! You would not, airline. You would not recognize it. it How far it, is it from you? It's uh, about uh, twenty minutes. Thirty. Uh, twenty thirty minutes from me. Yeah, in the winter they all come down there from New York. I, I that's I haven't I, I haven't been there. I've been to Miami, to the to Hialeah, and uh, but I need to, I need to come there that new place. Oh yeah, it's it's ridiculously fancy. It, I'll it, try to and, and guarantee you winter if we have to bet every horse in a race. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. That sounds that sounds like a good plan. See yep. that time to bet the rent again. That's yeah. what I say. <laughs> That's nice to encourage encourage everybody yes yes to take all their money and gamble. <laughs> Absolutely, you know. Let me ask you this: sure. uh, reading good vibes. It's mm-hmm. it, it's such a kind of a pro gambling book. Have you ever had any encounters with people with sort of the opposite view? How can you take this former gambling addict? I mean, in the book, he actually goes to uh, you know he he goes to a support group for gambling. Uh, yeah, and that's the only thing you know. That's an Fabulous question, Dan. That's the only thing they took out the reference. They were going to start that movie with gamblers, a Gamblers Anonymous meeting being robbed. Is that funny or what? Oh, uh, my goodness. Well, you know, and th- somebody got scared of it because it was not, it was a little, you know, in this day and age of all the rehab and crap, they were, they were worried. But anyway, that's a good question. And the answer, uh, the answer is, 
you can make points with humor and and that you can't if you were to do a straight movie <clears throat> excuse me about gambling right you'd wind up with some of the movies that have been done you know people in the bathtub bleeding and so you can make the point you can you can do anything with humor and and if it's funny you can get away with it and whereas otherwise it's preaching but that's a good question yeah it's i you know i don't mean to laugh and at people going under but i don't think i contribute to it so <laughs> there you go hell with them i mean you know after quick change came out the bank robbery book listen somebody dressed up as a clown right and robbed the bank in new jersey and i thought okay perfect i'm going to jail <laughs> I swear to God, dressed up as a, a clown and robbed a bank. Did he get away with it? No, they caught him. Yeah. Thank the Lord God. <laughs> but I mean, I think there was some court case, you know, where it, it actually went to trial where somebody said, I think they watched Natural Born Killer. Seriously. Oh. Yeah, and said that movie made me kill people. And, and you know, you can't, you can't hold any art responsible for a nut. So, no, no. but anyway... No, I, I, I it, gambling is a serious thing, and particularly around here with these 100 Indian casinos. <laughs> Good Lord. One and hundred. <laughs> See, that's that's how the Indians are getting back at us. That's what I've been saying. Well, no, yeah. they're making, listen, they're making so much money, yes. they can't count it. Yes. Last week at the Cherokee Casino here, it's exactly like a Las Vegas casino, maybe bigger. They gave away a house. Oh, my gosh. Man. They give away Corvettes. They're making so much. And listen, nobody knows what the house cut is. They go in there and play these slots. They have no clue what they're doing. And my, you know, the money room, I bet they have, like, big, huge, like, metal rakes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're raking, like, $100 bills. Right now, they're in there raking it. Go teach them how to do it, Jay. You guys have to come here to God's country and... uh have a look at this gambling. Absolutely. Oh absolutely. Listen, I really will try in the winter when they come to Florida. I have a friend who flies for national and she and she and her sister and uncle live at Gulfstream. So I'll, I'll try to get down there. That would be awesome. Please oh. contact me when you do. Absolutely. We will stop by and we'll be there the whole day with you. Be, you won't, you'll have to beat us up with a stick. I know he'll get tired of us. Be like, be great right, you guys got to go home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. Now I've got to go to sleep. <laughs> But that's great. Jay, you know what? Is there anything else that you want to talk about while you've got a uh, a small audience? No, so yeah, it's just it's nice to talk to somebody interested in you know what you do. And and again, uh even though I it's kind of distressing that the fact that the arts as a whole are are, are kind of sorry, it's cyclical, it'll come back. And again, it's for anybody in the business, anybody who wants to write I mean, this is the time to do it because it stinks. <laughs> and if you have a good idea, they'll pay you. And well, so. Well, I tell you what, we're waiting for your movie, okay? Yeah, it's called Killer Marriage. And I'll listen, I absolutely, 100%, will uh, keep you posted. Fantastic. Yes, yes, please Fantastic. do. Fantastic. Yeah, so you guys are very sweet, and I appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, listen, I do the weekly thing on ESPN.com, it's free. And also. Uh, Tuesday, um, Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday, Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday, a column in the Tulsa World, and it's free, TulsaWorld.com. Gotcha. I think that's how I originally got your email, too, like years ago. Sure. That's free. So, 
Come and get it. Come and get it, everybody right. out there. Yep. <laughs> Jay, thank you so much for be- for talking with us, and I hope to talk to you again. Anytime, sweet man. It's, uh, listen, uh, keep a good thought. We'll, uh, we'll win money. Okay. Fantastic. In fact, listen, in fact we'll, we'll, we'll win money before I come down there. I'm going to go get a racing form and stay up four days and four nights and pick you a winner. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of The Jockey Club. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Dan Delgado. Thank you to my guest, Jay Cronley, wherever you are. Our theme music is from Epidemic Sound. Our cover art is by Sean Labrie. If you enjoyed this episode, and I certainly like to think that you did, well then, you can show your appreciation by buying me a coffee. Yeah, that's a thing. Think of it as like, think of it as like leaving a tip. There's a link in the show notes on how to do it. But if you're saving up all your pennies to bet on the four horse, then I understand. It's a way of life that I oddly can relate to. You can still support the show by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you may be listening to this. And just remember, leaving a five-star review is free. If you want, you can get in touch with me through email. It is dan at moviemaker.com. I am constantly on Twitter at underscore dan underscore Delgado. Or even better, I'm on the Repod app, which is a great way to not only listen to podcasts, but to interact with podcast hosts like myself. Find it in your app store. Come on by and say hello. This has been Dan Delgado for The Jockey Club. And remember, sometimes you could be walking around lucky and not even know it.